1: It's the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. Before we get stuck into anything else, I want to mention uh, someone who's passed away, one of our subscribers who was an integral part of the official LFC Washington DC Supporters Club. His name was Bob Brown. Uh, A friend of ours, Wayne Sculls, has made us aware of what's happened to Bob, that he's passed away uh, this week. He subscribed to the Anfield Rap, and we did want to take the opportunity to mention him uh, on this show and wish him and his family, obviously, uh, best wishes uh, and that Bob himself is obviously in our thoughts. Uh, I've got Mike Nevin, I've got Andy Heaton, and I've got Joel Sanderson-Murray with me in front of me to class on with the business that is the Reds Uh, Shaqiri Fakir the attack that is all going to be at the front end of the show uh, we've also got the World Cup final, Dejan Lovren, uh, Danny Ward, and Nathaniel Klein to work through as well. Uh, we're going to be working through all of that, but we will start with the news that is breaking around us at the moment. Shakiri looks as though he's going to sign to, for Liverpool at the time of us recording this show for your listeners. Um, let's start with the thought process on it, really. Uh, Joel, I'll go to you first. You can you can see how Liverpool are seeing this as, as an opportunity. Uh, there's the release clause for the player. Liverpool are a little bit short of bodies in attack, although we're Going to come on to talk about the fact that they have a lot of them already on the books and they've got some decisions to make there. They may well feel they can get something out of Shakiri.
0: Absolutely, um, he's got undoubted quality. Everyone can see that. Everyone knows he's got that. He's had a history of showing he's got technical ability. And the point that keeps coming across that everyone's made when been discussing Shakiri uh, since the news broke that he was going to sign for us and when he's first linked to us is in Kiev. Our first option off the bench was a half at Milana. and everyone was saying, well, you would want Shakiri on it in that process. You want a body on it in that, in that process, uh, another option. Now, we've gone through years now of having a, a lack of options off the bench. Uh, we'll go back to sort of 07 or 08 when our first options were Nabil Elzar and um, you're looking at definitely go as your first attacking options and then 13-14, Iago Aspas as your first attacking option. So I can see a positive in signing Shakiri is that it's – It's something, it's a bit of quality off the bench. Now, whether he can produce on a consistent basis is going to be the real question because he's never scored more than 10 goals a season throughout his career. His highest is actually last year where he got eight and his highest assists total last year was seven. So he's not produced numbers, he's not produced consistent numbers, but you can see there is a bit of quality in him. But I don't know whether it's just aesthetics, he's not produced it yet. It strikes me, Mike, that there's, I mean, there's nothing about buying players from relegated sides.
1: We've got a good record of it. I mean, people will point to Andy Robertson, but I go further back. You can point to Stefan Honcho as an example of Liverpool doing well out of a player from a relegated side. That's not thats not the, the thing that you know could trouble some supporters. The thing that sort of strikes me is I can't work out if it's a punt. Um, it's looked, since Klopp's come in, one way or another, like the days of punts are behind us. And it may well be that it's not. It may well be that, you know, he's a he's a player a little full of watch for a while. We were linked with him strongly in fourteen and fifteen and don't move for him. But that's the bit that sort of gets my attention on this. Is it a punt? Because if it is a punt, as I say, I thought we decided we weren't doing punts.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure that it is. Um I don't think it is a punt. I, I think I think it's a punt if the fee's bigger. If you if you know what I mean. I think for the for the amount that we we'll probably end up paying him, um, bearing in mind release clause. Um is that it's? I think it's a sure thing in that sense because I think you are guaranteed the quality that Joel talks about there. You know, he is a quality player. Um, just as far as the attack's concerned, though, I'm not. I'm not convinced that you you um, describe him as a bona fide attacker. For for, for me, he operates in much deeper areas. Um, as far as the the sorts of the stats that Joel came out with there, you know, you know, researched properly. Um, you know, you look at Alex, Oxlade-Chamberlain, you know, he, he didn't have the greatest numbers coming with Oops. him from, uh, from, from Arsenal and yet produced great numbers for Liverpool and was really effective for Liverpool in a Liverpool system. Um, and I think just again to reference another one of Joel's points there, as a fan base we've become completely unused to the idea of, of recruiting quality for the bench um, and, and people seem to obsess over the, the need to, for these players to play every game. I mean it's not, it's not necessary, it doesn't work like that. Um, and the Kiev situation was partly down to lack of availability we didn't use the money with Coutinho I've said that many many times I think we should have done um, plus it was exacerbated by injury and unavailable players like well Alana not being fit Alex Chamberlain uh, Alex not being fit um, so I think yeah I think I think it's as I say just going back to the original point I don't think it is necessarily a point well, that he's a quality player and we're getting him for a decent fee just to sort of pull you back on the, the tactical aspect there that you mentioned Mike you think he's,
1: he operates more deep but do you think he may well be a player who it, it, it might be better us thinking of as an option as a wide midfielder rather than an auxiliary forward, wide midfielders have ever, ever so slightly gone out of fashion. The way we yeah. played a lot of last season was the four three three. Yeah, but if you did want to have a little look at a four four
2: two or a four four one one, you're taking the words from your mouth. There is, I think, you know, Klopp traditionally has always spoken about flexibility in his first season. You know, I think he experimented with 3-5-2. He said, he, I think during one of the pre-seasons, I think it was the year that you you, you spoke to him in, in the States. Mm. Um, he talked a lot about he, different About things. different systems and yet, we became so wedded to the four three three. 3 3 and I think that was fair enough because we had three and, and four players that could initially rotate and then the three that you know, sort of remained remain fit at least half an hour into the game in Kiev that we were able to play the 4-3-3 and be effective with it and be devastating with it and that that be our strongest suit. But, you know, Klopp is... You know he's a pragmatist. He's a realist, um, and uh, certainly in the way in, in the way that he wants his teams to play. Um, and I don't necessarily think he is. Whether it's a 3 and and for Liverpool to have options, whether it's changing system coming off the bench or even starting games where or games where Shaqiri starts, which he in, undoubtedly will, because regardless of the lower fee uh, that I'm talking about, he's still he's he's still sufficiently good to start games. Um, whether that's in the League Cup, the FA Cup, some European ties, some league games, so. So I think the scope for Liverpool is to slightly adapt and be a little bit less predictable because, you know, even allowing for the glut of goals with the 4-3-3, there were games last season where we struggled to break teams down because, you know, people knew what we were going to do, set up to counteract it, and we weren't always successful in breaking those teams down. They're like Everton, West Brom, Burnley, just to, you know, to name but three earlier in the season.
1: It strikes me that it, Mike mentions earlier in the season there, Andy. You know, I'm I'm going to bang on about the fact that if Liverpool progress in the League Cup, and I think one of the reasons why we were able to have the strength of this end of the season we did last year was because we didn't. But if Liverpool progress in the League Cup, they will play 31 games between August, early August, and the first of January. Manchester City on, on on New Year's Day will be the 31st game. I'll add one for the fact in there as well that most of our players do go away on international duty. Mm. There's another uh, sort of four or five <clears throat> games they may well get off the back of an arduous season and an arduous World Cup. We are going to need these bodies, aren't we? I mean, you know, you can have all the conversations around the nature of, of what football does or doesn't suit. Liverpool need numbers.
3: Yeah, yeah, and just, um, the more I think about it, the more I think it's a bit of a wild card signing as well. I know people do, people talk about it as a bolt-on and I think it Look at it as a wild card because, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, you're looking at a player who could potentially fit in any one of those hats. So you could see him in the League Cup, or he might hit former team in the League, and then someone else drops into the League Cup team. You've got the European, uh, you've got some Champions League games to throw in there as well. And I just think, as well, if, if 13 million quid gets you three or four more weeks of peak Salamanay and Firmino because they're fresher, then it's paid for itself. It's paid for itself already. I just on the on the the punt comment. I think it's too long in the making to be a punt. It's a strange feeling transfer because almost as soon as the season ended, there was talk about it. Uh, and that that doesn't happen overnight. It's almost as if it's been queued up for a long, long time. Whereas a punt is kind of like an, an instinctive. It's like when you get when you impulse buy when you go about. When shopping. Arsenal bought Özil. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's in it or, or even Ashurban for that matter. Um, yeah. It's it's like you go out shopping with the intention of buying X and you end up coming home with with Y, or Z and A, B and C if you, Mrs. Heaton. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, know, I, if I, I think it's I you know um, I, I think it's very 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 calculated. <laughs> actually, quite the opposite of a punt.
1: Where where it strikes me, Joel, and we'll talk more after the break about the whole attack and picture. But one of the things that it seems to me, I I feel as though Shakira equals Fakir, that. There must be a confidence at Liverpool that they're going to get Fakir because if they weren't confident they were going to get Fakir, then they may well decide to commit more to the sort of. We you're wide, don't you? They aim higher, Dom? Yeah. Well, they could play in wide areas yeah. and as well, you know, because to bring Shakiri in, if you know, if there's another lad we're looking at who's got tons and tons of pace, let's use Julian Brandt just as an example. You know, Brand can play do a lot of his business in wide areas. That's where he's comfortable in a four four two. You know, you know, in a in a different shape, Joel and. That to me suggests, you know, Fakir's coming in possibly predominantly as a front three sort of player. He's 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 quick, but he's not got electric pace for wide areas. Shakira allied to that. For me, this begins. You begin to think there's a confidence there with Fakir, not least given that we've not actually been linked to anyone else in that sort of
0: attacking third. Yes, and if you um, if if we just if we had just bought Shakiri and we're not buying Fakir as well, so you're just bringing the one in, I think fans have got a right to be a bit disappointed about that and maybe may be a little bit of stress because is okay, he's your fourth and fifth option but if he's just your fourth option and that's it and you're only rotating the four of them and you're not rotating Fakir as well then it's a bit of a worry. Now, just describe me a bit of confidence for Fakir now and I, like, I think it was someone who made the point yesterday on the gutter show, I can't remember exactly who made it but there's been no news coming out about Fakir uh, and apart from, from our last since Fokir went off to the World Cup, nothing else has developed or happened with it. And now the World Cup is coming to an end. I and mean, we're hearing all these reports. I think it was David Maddock in the mirror who's put up the most strong reports out that it looks like it is going to happen, but on restructured terms. So, yeah, there's got to be a conference for Kia now. Now, it will be disappointing if we don't get another attacking option. It's got to be for Kia now. Now, the first half of this season is going to be wild and almost as wild as last the first half of last season where he had the 11 games in about 30 days, something like that. We're not going to see a real X1. We're not going to see a real 11 until maybe after January. So it is going to be mix and match and dribs and drabs. Now, if we've not got Fakir or another body in there along with Shaqiri. Another really good player. Yeah it's got to be it's got to be a mainstay and we're, if we're spending this £13 million on, on Shakira being a bargain that means Klopp's going okay Sam we're paying that he'll come do a bit for a year or two But that, and that money can be used somewhere else but it's got to be used somewhere else it's got to be used as a main. We'll, use it. we'll
1: discuss it being used somewhere else just after this. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Uh, we've got Mike, we've got Andy, we've got Joel. Don't go anywhere. A lot of Kings of Leon loving the room here. That is Kings of Leon with you, somebody. Uh, Mike Never, Andy Heaton, and Joel Sanderson-Murray with you right the way through until half past seven. Liverpool, it is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Before the break, we were talking about Fakir. We were talking about shakiri the lightness that he's going to sign for Liverpool for around £30 million, the release clause that he had from Stoke. This... If Fakir happens, Mike, or someone Fakiri happens, and it is fair to say we would be disappointed if a banger did not come in. Yeah. We would be, and I think we can maybe have the confidence that Liverpool do have something lined up. That means that's five of your front six nailed down, boxed for next season. There's then a few a few footballers who are simultaneously I think there's every chance that two or three of the names I'm about to, name, about to list are in a position where they could retain their squ- squad place given the number of games as we discussed before the break given the intensity given the World Cup Yeah. but you know there are question marks next to Sturridge, Wilson, Origi Woodburn, Ings Ojo, Solanke now Ings has made it clear I think that he does want to move on mm. it's It is an intriguing attacking picture, I'd say, for Liverpool, because I think they will need at least two of those I've just named to be part of the squad for the first half of the season.
2: Yeah, undoubtedly. And I think, um, you know, looking through the list, which I was trying to find on my phone there, and you mentioned them all out loud. so, I think they've all got sort of claims to be...
1: They have, haven't they? It's really interesting.
2: Yeah, all for different reasons. You know, right down from, say, Sturridge with his... I know people sometimes get angry that we continue to to sort of um, entertain the thought that Sturridge might still have a a brief cameo of a comeback with Liverpool. Um, But, you know, he's experienced, um, you know, whether that's as a a player who recreates himself into something that lies deeper or whether as a traditional goal scorer who can put the ball in the back of the net. Down to Origi, um, who I mentioned on a show earlier this week, regardless of your you know, your opinion about him and his abilities, you know, he's got goals for Liverpool. And you compare him to say Solanke, who's he's got played goals played in big games. Big as well. games. Um I mentioned the other day that there was um a season before last a run of games where he played poorly um but scored five and five. Um which is you know, that, that's normally the trait of a goal scorer that they can they can have a poor game and still score and not be affected in front of goals. So he's got a claim um, I think Ings is on his way, so I forget, I forget about him. Um, then there's the, there's, there's the younger elements, the likes of Harry Wilson as well, who's, who's been doing well pre-season and shows a lot of promise. Does Ben Woodburn come back into the into, into the equation? Brewster. And, right, Ray and Bruce, right, Ryan Brewster's another 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 great, great another out. another name there who's got a proven record albeit a lower level. And I, and I
1: must have had a conversation with someone at the club to sign his contract to suggest I'm going to get chances. Yeah, yeah, and then
2: and and equally then you you, know, you think back to, to Shea Ojo who who showed a lot of quality down the sides, got a bit of a left foot on him. Um, and just going back to Shakiri as, as well, um, the thoughts I had earlier whilst other people were talking is about Liverpool last season really benefited from having some balance about having left-footed players in the team, and I bang on about this all the time as a as a left-footer myself. But you know, Robertson's left foot is balance. Salah giving you know sort of the same the same left-footedness, albeit from the other side. Um, I just don't think I I mean in theory if you're going to be fully balanced you have five left footers and five right footers Uh, now it doesn't it doesn't quite work like that and a two footer goalkeeper and a two footer goalkeeper well (laughs) oh if only Um, yeah that's a a, a, a one one legged goalie would be good enough for me to be honest Um, but yeah I do think it gives you balance and Shaqiri offers you that obviously with with, with his left foot Um, and then as I say Ojo as well potentially Um, so as I say they've all got different claims to be one of those supplementary Players in in the in the first team squad for different reasons, um, and then, as I say, I think I think the differences in them it, it, it's quite fascinating.
1: I think it really is fascinating, Andy. You would, I'd be surprised if if none of those names, and you've added Brewster, rightly, are you know are all other places are found for them within you know within football. I think we are we are probably talking about at least two. You would therefore presume maybe three. You would therefore presume that. That Brewster has been given assurances somewhere. Maybe he takes one of the places. It then becomes what Klopp thinks is that we need, and what he thinks is that we can add. But it might also become Andy what he thinks is that we can get you that, that the club feel they can get rid of at a at a price or an arrangement that suits them as well. I don't think anything's nailed down here.
3: We're in a curious position where maybe two or three years ago the standard of the players we just just been talking about was okay for Liverpool. Um, but I think because the people have progressed, suddenly those players who might not be nailed on starters every week, but on the periphery, needs to be better than what we've got. Um, I mean, might mentioned Shea Ojo. I mean Shea, Shea's twenty one now, and he's been on the. It's like we've been saying the same things about. Him. Well, we have been saying the same things about him every preseason for what the last three preseasons. We I mean, we we were in California together.
1: Yeah,
3: and he was doing the same kind of thing. And you know, I think Wilson as well. He just it's a point where. How long do you persevere with them kicking on? Do you know? Um, and I think in that situation, if we, if we don't bring in anyone else in, you've got to know with what you can trust. Now, you know, Daniel Daniel Sturridge has had his critics, but one thing you can't deny is his quality. Um, I thought, also thought he didn't do himself any harm the other day against Tranmere playing in a more withdrawn role. Um, and that's obviously in the manager's mind because he has got one of the things that is underrated about Daniel in particular is he has got a bit of vision there. And he has got the ability to, to pull it off. Not at a world-class level, but, you know, to be useful for, to the team. Um, I'm really excited. I know that's what I mentioned. I'm really excited about Brewster. And I'm with you. He's been told, you don't turn your back on and move away from, you know, to go from being as certain as you are that you are leaving Liverpool and going public with it.
2: Certain assurances for have been given assurances, there.
3: Assurances, but also, the, it, I think it shows how, how highly the club rates him that they tolerate that kind of thing. Mm. Because quite often they're not. When a young, when a young player spits his dummy, it's very much well, see you later, son. Uh, good well, luck. You know, I mean, Stephen Gerrard did it.
2: But and the reason that that was sort of allowed to be okay with the fans and the club was because of his quality. Now you can adapt, you can well, actually adapt it, adapt that slightly to to to, to um, relate the same well, thinking to like that. The, the, the if the great, you know what I mean? The,
3: the greatest, the greatest proponents of that kind of thinking is Alex Ferguson. Yeah, well, Rooney for example, well, classic was going go, to City, go wasn't he? Go, go go through it with, with Ferguson, right. Hair dry treatment wouldn't take anything off anyone. That's not. That's not. That's not true. Cantona, mm. he put mm. up with it. Mm. Keane, he put up with him until he until he was no longer useful for yeah. him. Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel, until he went to France on strike, and vegs went all the way over and talked and talked him back round yeah. again.
2: And as I say, Rooney was on the verge of signing for Manchester City pra- uh, pra- and was pra- just taken straight back so, into straight back into the fold because so you, of his quality. So you would think that Brewster, therefore, you know, if,
1: for us to have made these efforts, Joel, Brewster's there or thereabouts. I'm looking at Ojo, and for me, his loan last season's fascinating. He gets himself into a situation with Fulham where he he gets a run, he gets 18 starts. Um he, he finds himself, you know, he gets 18 starts, he does get sort of four goals. There's a minor problem here, which is you can make a comparison with Cessignon, who's younger than on the other side, and who, you know, doesn't get I think he ends up getting deep into double figures. I think he gets fifteen or so. And Ojo's got himself the four. That also come the end of the season is a long period of being out of the squad, seemingly just not not favoured at that stage. I like the look of Ojo in different ways. But you may well, if you're Liverpool, be able to look at that and say, well, Harry Wilson got seven championship goals in 13 games and only had one one blast at it. That might be unfair. He might be the sort of player who needs to play with more experienced players. What do you make of it?
0: In terms of him being out the side for the back in the last year for Fulham, they were on a run where they obviously got into the playoff final obviously won and they, they picked up a lot of momentum. Now, that could be a case of the manager not wanting to put him in, not to sort of rock the boat and run the apple cart kind of thing. You know why uh, change a win team? Now with, with Ojo and Mike's point about every name on this list bringing something, adding a bit of something. I think Ojo has something a bit more unique than everyone else on that list. He's a, a lot more direct than him. He's a lot more absolute electric pace and very lightning. Now what what he can be, or what he possibly could be, is a bit like Manny season before last where he was direct run straight out of plays and taking him on taking him out of the game Manny a bit more last year, was a bit more of the playmaker role so I think that's, that's what could sort of work for Ojo's thinking is that he could be that direct pace player that we, we need to go, back something you,
1: well, no, to go back to something you said before Mike again about the idea of him wanting to maybe play different shapes if you are looking for, to make an argument for Ojo the argument you can end up making is well he does give him the option of being again more of a wide midfielder yeah. than And you go through the whole of the squad, and oxlade Chamberlain's out till November. We don't know how he's going to come back, mm. but we know he could play wide midfield. Mm. Mane is arguably a wide midfielder, but I don't think most Salah's a wide midfielder. I don't think you want to use him there. We've no. talked about bringing Shakiri, but it looks like they'll bringing Shakiri, and you can make an argument to use him there. Ojo could be really the only other option the manager's got, unless he wants to dip into the market again in terms of having a footballer who you can imagine playing four four one one today,
2: lads. Your right hand side. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things in what you said. Just on Salah, I think he I think he's a he can be a wide midfielder, but only on his natural side. Um, Completely agree. and, And then. Yeah, so so Ojo's one of the you know he's a, a chalk on his boots sort of player potentially on the on the on the left and um, but equally I mean he can play on the on the other side as well um, sort of cutting in from the from the the opposite flank and so that, yeah he does he does he does give you an option there um, for certain and sorry I
0: don't think we have that at that well, moment I don't I don't even think Shakir brings because I think he's more an inside forward than yeah
2: no so. I, I I agree and as I said before I think he you know he showed sort of, as an inside forward he operates in those deeper positions and. Mm. I think that's what's supposed to convince me that we, you know, whether it's Fakir or AN other superstar signing that we've got lined up. I think that I've sort of convinced myself we're moving for someone, whether it's Fakir or someone else, for two reasons. I don't see Shakira as an out-and-out striker, um, probably more of a sort of an auxiliary striker. Um, and secondly, there's still a hell of a lot of money knocking around in that pot, unless it's been swallowed up um, for whatever. Um, whether that's expansion plans or f- for more machiavellian reasons there's still 145 million pounds sitting in that, sitting in that club and I, I know we've obviously bought since then but the the, the the bulk of it is still there yeah um and I don't I don't um take any I, I don't take into account the Van Dyke signing in January that was meant to happen last summer. Indeed. Uh, and it had been budgeted for last summer so there's still a hell of a lot to, to be spent and that's what makes me convinced that we'll go for somebody else
1: this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk after the break we'll look ahead to the World Cup final we'll talk about Dejan Lovren we're going to talk about Nathaniel Klein and Danny Ward don't go anywhere it is the Reds Bet segment uh, here within the Anfield Rap. do be gamble aware be gamble for that sort of thing and this segment is not about trying to convince you to gamble if you do not do so if you don't that's absolutely fine me and John are going to have all the other about football are
4: how are you? yeah good Yeah. Um... It's, it's a funny one with the final coming up. Like, it sort of feels, like, I don't know about an anti-climax now, but, I think it's been like such a good World Cup, I feel like I want like a belter final, do you know what I mean? And, and I'm a little bit worried about France-Croatia in that it might not be the most open game of all time. It's not one where, if France win, I was like, of course they're going to, if Croatia win, then, you, you, you don't fancy they'll you do, they're going to put on a great display. So, I don't know. Maybe being a bit harsh and Croatia there, but do you know what I mean? I just, I well, just feel like it hasn't got this big final so, that I'm, I'm, that I'm really looking forward to.
1: What sort of occurred to me? I was thinking about this the other day. The really weird thing about the World Cup is, is that sort of start main course thing. So yeah. I was thinking about this in the context of the semi-finals, as well. That you have. It's sort of a really strange thing that it does is it's, I think, and I will think it will be the case for most World Cups if you look at them, it sort of peaks around the end of the last 16 and the start of the quarters. Because the the weight of the games and the momentum of the games is yeah. a game, and then this last 16, there's two games a day, and that feels great because game one, and game one can be a bit rubbish, but then game two, therefore, a lot of averages might be really, really good. And then what happens is the game sort of, all the momentum dissipates because of the nature of of the fact that you can't ask the footballers just to play again straight away, and there's fewer <laughs> of them left, as it's the yeah. knockout tournament. yeah. so you like if, if there could somehow be a game before France versus Croatia that was almost as important yeah. then you'd almost be more uh, I think that's, that's the funny thing about the World Cup is that now you and you are sort of like you've now seen a lot of France and a lot of Croatia yeah. so there's no surprises now and there's not oh, you know You we all feel pretty confident you know broadly speaking what each side's going to do what the strengths are what the weaknesses are whereas in the last 16 it was like when France were playing Argentina there was and even during that game there was 20 minutes where you didn't have a clue and now you've got lots of clues. Yeah. And, and so, therefore, it's sort of the magic wears off a little bit. And then we'll say in the end, oh, well, there's a bit of a... It wasn't a great final. Because it probably won't be, because most foot, great, most games of football aren't brilliant. Yeah.
4: But I just... Yeah, no, I think, I think a lot of what you said fair enough there. And I think sort of if you had two heavyweights going in then you could say sort of well you know France has done well up to now but what, what, what about when they come up to head with Germany but then also if it was like Croatia v Belgium or something where you were guaranteed a, a, a new winner yeah, then you'd be thinking well you know there's, there's something in this and, and it's okay, going to be a, a really new, emotional occasion yeah a brand new team's going to win the World Cup who's going to cope best with the pressure that sort of thing I, I, I sort of I feel like we've, we've ended up with a bit of an in-between final and um, yeah I and, do I think that's fair sort of old world meet new and not quite kind of I don't know not quite got the got the got the got the big thing to get your teeth stuck into. I don't know. Maybe there'll be an early goal, and then it'll really open it up. On enjoy. It. I'm definitely going to watch it.
1: You're not going to skip it now. No, I'm definitely going
4: to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I've got I've got I've got Liverpool. Betty first on Saturday. The, know, what they are calling the big one, <laughs> the Ryan Lowe derby. I mean, yeah, oh, I love Ryan Lowe. What a fella! Um, I hope he brings himself on and scores. I'll celebrate uh,
1: if he does. Is he is he is he in a player manager capacity still? Is he the I'm not
4: sure whether he is, but I'd like him to. Just one last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's, if he's, if he's I'm sure he's got a squad number,
1: number even if it's just on the sly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he has. Uh, interesting, it hadn't even occurred to me that he could feature. Uh <laughs> And now that we know that he can, good lord, anything is possible. Well, we
4: don't know that. I'm just, I'm just well, saying. Well, now well, we're wow, theorising. Wow, wow. <laughs>
1: I've, I've now got some sort of weird, sort of, uh, universe where where all of this kicks off, and before you know where you are, Ryan's played assistant manager at Liverpool.
4: Um, <laughs> Well, Ryan Lowe, I mean, I've told this story to Neil before, but I was speaking to him more than just each other. I'll tell you it again. Um, Hi, people. <laughs> Ryan Lowe uh, does the City Talk segment that Neil often does on a Monday evening. and Got to we'll
1: stop now because you've got a proper job. Yeah, a
4: proper job. But, but he was doing it for a while. And um, so they get. The, 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 the lineup tended to be Neil and Evertonian and something resembling a real footballer. Uh, was that was that sort of right?
1: Oh, well, Lowy or well, Loi or Sangi. Yeah, and sometimes sort of connected. And these sometimes you'd sort of get both, which would be great. Yeah, uh, because they were quite the double act. <laughs> 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 and that me like, to go somewhere mad.
4: But but but, but Loi was was on one week when I was filling in for Neil, and it was the Monday after he'd played his last game for Betty. Actually, before because he, he went somewhere else for a little he went bit. To crew, I think, yeah, to that's crew. right. Yeah, and he made it Ryan Lower day and spoilers, Ryan scored a hat-trick on Ryan Lode but he talked through it like, you know, told the story basically walking through there, he got the first and stuff and by the time he got the hat-trick, honestly I was on the edge of my seat, I was like (laughs) hanging off his every word, you know and he basically scuffs this cross and it takes a couple of deflections (laughs) but it goes in and like, I mean, he's claiming it and he he was going to take it off him you know what Indeed. I mean? Indeed. It's not. It's not like the World Cup where they go. You know, they're going to a million replays and stuff like that. This is Betty on a Saturday afternoon, and no one's taking hatchet goal on Ryan Lohuete off. Off. <laughs> off the man himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like goes mad. I think it's the 90th minute. It's like, a, it's like a, the, you know the fifth goal kind of thing in a, in a three-two kind of thriller. And honestly, by the end, I was like, this is this is the best story I've ever
1: heard in my life. Excellent. Uh, so, so, yeah, I love Ryan Lowe. Ryan Lowe. You got Ryan you got Ryan Lowe to come this weekend. Uh, Neil Jones did a really good thing with him in that you can just chat to Neil to Ryan all day. Uh all right, should we just should we run through some football specials for the you know, for the Reds bet? Ryan um, Lowe first goal. Ryan Lowe first goal. Seems <laughs> unlikely, but it is there. No, it's not. Uh we've got uh we've got Jordan Henderson to score in the third place playoff nine to one. It includes the shootout if there's a penalty shootout. Uh
4: no, I am I'm, I'm I'm giving that um I don't know what, what should we do. The ratings, what should we do Ryan's? Yeah, one Ryan's out of five. Yeah, I'll give it a two, I think. Two Ryan's out of five. Um, the game's a little bit mad, but I, I just I don't I see it being that mad. Uh, I didn't even think he will play
1: for him to get an assist. Uh, Ninety minutes in extra time, ninety-two. Jordan. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just
4: I'm not. You might you might play the other lads, mightn't he? I think you know the sorts of lads. Who I think it's had hard. I don't go. I don't
1: know what you'd want to do in that scenario. Like that. I, like I I think. Surely Kane says I'm playing. No,
4: Kane. Yeah, I think he probably will. Yeah, but I think, I think he'll probably look at it and think there's a lot of boys here who've come a long way and only really played in that Belgian. Would you game want to do? watch
1: Eric Dyer play for ninety minutes? If you, you've got the power to make that decision,
4: well, well, Dyer's Because he's had a few. Yeah, years. I know, and, then and Dyer at least has gone on a little bit more. I'm just thinking, play, I'm just thinking he's going to play Gary Cahill.
1: I think that's all right. I think Gary Kale's all right because you can watch Gary Kale play. But imagine watching it, imagine deliberately watching Eric Dyer play when it, well, there wasn't some sort of tactical <laughs> requirement. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll pick Jordan then. Why would you put yourself through it? Um, <laughs> Dejan Lovren. So a few weeks back, we had the uh, we had the Liverpool players to score in the final. It was thirty three to one back then. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I think it started off at thirty three to one. A Liverpool players to score in the final because lots of things had to happen. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, Dejan Lovren to score ni- ninety minutes extra time and penalty shootouts. They've included the penalty shootouts. So is twenty to one. That's not bad. What scored in any time? Scored any time, including the shootouts. That's not bad at all, though. Twenty to one. Yeah, I'm giving that four rounds. Four rounds. Uh, from score with a header, 90 minutes or extra time,
4: 33s. Okay, so you basically you really just sort of discount and the pen shootout and on the odds the drops for them in the box. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's better. Or maybe
1: think... just maybe finally the twenty-five-yard blamer with three to go. If he
4: scores one of them at Croatia, I'll be fuming. No the amount of ones of them I've watched, I watched seven in that FA Cup semi-final against Aston
1: Villa. I am not. Sta- there's lots of things I will stand for from Dejan Lovren, <laughs> but I am not standing for that. Um, the twenty-five-yarder, Dejan Lovren blamer, which by the way, he must be absolutely rattling in, in training. Um, there's no, there's no other excuse from um, to provide an assist is ten to one. I find that almost harder to imagine than the of that scores. I'm not really
4: sure how what that looks like.
1: Uh, for him to be awarded man of the match is 25. I'm, I think it's re- the only way in which he gets. I think he gets man of the matches is, is if he if he climbs back post and maybe scores and then sees them out so they get a clean sheet. I just think they're going to want to. If Croatia win, they're going to want to give man of the match to Modric under almost all circumstances.
4: Yeah, or, yeah. The- it favours the attacking players doesn't it Matter of the match awards and stuff like that so it favours kind of star so, players
1: so, so we're giving four Ryans out of five to score in a World Cup final 90 minutes extra time and penalty shootouts. I think that's our bet yeah that's, that's, our, that's our Reds bet bet of the weekend th- that's the one that we're into here at the Anfield Rap uh, so yeah we're very par- proud to be partnering up with Reds bet this year uh, should we talk about the thing we're going to try and do should we mention it now
4: like yeah, yeah. Why not?
1: We're going to try and do listeners, and this will test how many of you listen to this segment in full. Uh, we're going to try and do a uh, transfer deadline day live streamed special uh, with Red's Bet. It's because of Red's Bet that we're doing it, starting at twelve noon and going right the way through until twelve midnight on the 9th of August. John, have you got? Have you got? Do you feel you got the stamina for this?
4: I mean, when you said. When, you, when we first sort of talked about this, I didn't realise quite how early you were going to start. Um,
1: Starting at 12 noon, John, 12 yeah, till 12.
4: Yeah, but, um, but, I mean, why not? We'll have a go. We'll have to bring some butties and that. And I think you're going to do a few pre-record segments. Sorry, we chat
1: is... to people who support other clubs. I'm really intrigued by that, the sort of stuff we do on Coach Homan on, um, on, on, Coach on the, uh, the Friday show. I want to get those in. And then also be able to go to people if something happens as well. I have, like, a list of callers. I think it's going to be really, really busy. So do I. I think we're not going to know where we're up to.
4: <laughs> I think it's going to be a really busy transfer day because it's early yeah. and it's because of the World Cup. I think. I think it- a few teams are going to get catched, caught out. Like quite a lot of teams haven't bought anyone. I Everton know. I know. It's,
1: it's, it's staggering. It's yeah. absolutely, it absolutely staggering. You're looking at it and you just think it's going to go. It's. I think it's going to be absolutely. They haven't week. even released it awake yet. Yeah. Haven't they? No. Good Lord. Chelsea are only just sacking the manager. football <laughs> clubs have got dead chilled out. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. Be fine. The World Cups on. It's the summer. <laughs> it's been <laughs> awesome. It's been awesome. Right? Yeah. Oh, don't start. Don't, don't, don't talk to me like that. You know we've we've had a lot to do. What have you got through? Absolutely nothing. Um, it does all seem a bit like that. Well, I think it is going to be a mad. I think it's going to be a mad week. I think six, seventh, eighth is going to I'm be. I'm not starting any earlier than midday. No, I think that's fair, <laughs> John. I mean, if, if Reds bet want to come to us and get us to do 96 hours straight, uh, they're going to have to have a big long chat, uh, tagging each other in, tagging each other out. We'll have guests throughout the day. I say that I haven't actually approached anyone. We'll have guests throughout the day. Uh, I'm sure it'll all come together. Um, I like the idea. We're going to have a team of runners, like getting us dated all the way through the. Day to come down so we can grab a piece of paper and say oh my god you know and and, and something something's happened so pretty mundane what are you going to wear uh, I think I might change so you know throw out yeah Somewhere. oh that's in my head can we end in suits yeah yes we can Neil yeah Yeah. oh yes I tell you what this is the Anfield <laughs> rap. this is living alright uh, 6 o'clock me and John go disappear off for half an hour put a suit on uh, to come back and, uh, and, and and see it through to the bitter end whilst whilst put said suit on wear a baby to steak dinner uh, <laughs> that's what's going to be happening here uh, Should we get back over and do the rest of the main show go yes on. let's that is Thin Lizzy with Sarah starting the top of the hour there with a song for you it's the weekend it's Friday you know what I mean it's pre-season friendly Liverpool we'll go to Berry tomorrow uh, just a little mention of a play that's coming up in the Hope Street Theatre from the 18th to the 21st of July uh, it is uh, Bottleneck it's written by Merseyside writer Luke Barnes it's a one man show performed by Daniel Cassidy he was recently in ian sammons those two weeks and ian said he was the business and it's directed by chantel walker who is a young former everyman and uh, playhouse director if you want a ticket ticketquarter.com search for Bottleneck, you'll be there, uh, and then you go from there, so it's the 18th until the 21st of July at half past seven if you want to see that. Uh, It is a play uh, that may well grab the interest of a few of you. Um, Anyway, uh, let's move forward. Uh, We've done the song, we've done the play, we can now crack on with the business of talking well about the World Cup final and about Dejan Lovren. And there's a lot of, been a bit of reaction to Dejan's response in the post-match, Andy, where where there's been a, a you know this idea that he's come out and said. You know, people have to acknowledge he's probably one of the best centre, probably one of the best defenders going. One of the things is that that's shown of the context of the pretty rough press conference he got before the game against Liverpool, where the 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 the, the, the English journalists were trying to repeatedly remind him of the nightmare he had were
3: golden, against Harry Kane. They, they, they were goading him. They were goading him. And you know what? Fair play, to. we're always banging on about football's too bland, football's too dull, football's too grey. Listen. I'm not Dejan Lovren's biggest fan. I think he's had a fantastic six months. Coming in, I think he was excellent in the Champions League running towards the tail end. And he's, he's, he's quite right in saying he's in a team that's in a World Cup final. And you know what? Go ahead, lad. Give it give it a little bit back. And uh, what really annoys me with all this and football reportage in general is the hand-wringing. So they'll go and poke and try and elicit a reaction. Then as soon as they get it, they go, see, see. How dare he? Who does who does he think he is? You know what he is. He's a centre half player in a World Cup final, mate.
2: Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, I like his feistiness there, and the the other the, the context around Lovren as well. And, and this was, I think, this is something people have forgotten that uh, the Klopp had to uh, had to make a stance over a story that was about to be published about his personal life, which which got into the you know got into the, the public domain. The lad has had personal problems, which are really really difficult to deal with, and he's overcome them. Um, I, always, I also joke about the fact that I think he's had his eyesight sorted as well because he stopped squinting at the ball to see if he's getting taken off. Um, so whether that's true or not. But certainly when the ball went over him at Wembley, 20 yards above his head, I'm sure, they, I'm pretty sure he couldn't see it. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, he's turned that round, hasn't he? And Harry Kane had a very, very average game, uh, looked, looked a tired player, looked an ineffective player but as Dejan's had a great game there and he and he's put his body on the line for his country why can't he why can't he speak out and, and as andy says you know if you, if you go to someone like that expect a, expect a response and the idea that you you haven't got the right of reply to that is just absolutely ridiculous and representative of the mund, of the very sort of mundane football world that we live in and acceptability of what journalists think is all right well you know sort them
3: and you know what modric as well had a little pop and fair play to him i i I actually take a little bit of joy. I, I I enjoy the fact that they are so proud of their country as well. I mean, and yeah. let's not let's not forget their country that only came to declared independence in nineteen ninety-one. Yeah, they're a
2: young country, and yeah. there's four it's four, four million and, people. Yeah, and they haven't got the facilities that Germany have got. And there's all this stuff about European football and its traditional technical qualities. Right? They might have. To, I think they've got some really good coaches. But they haven't got the facilities, and that—that's that—that you know, got you've, got to salu-
3: you've, got, you've got to salute them for that. They've got identity, Mike. I mean, yeah, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not a fan of nationalism whatsoever. No. But I think this is a totally different kind of pride no, that should be. Made and, and,
2: in it, and in international football, and the, the context in the build-up to that England Croatia game was that they would be tired because they would played two games over 120 yeah. minutes, and that's perfectly fair. But sometimes, you know, that extra 10% that you derive from your passion and your pride and your country, and I take on board that England have, have looked. A more together unit during this tournament, and you know they've, they've shown that with their performances to a degree. I think the caveat. But doesn't, there, that, so. doesn't that make Croatia's achievements even greater then? Yeah, I think it, no, I think I think it. I think it does. I think you could um, see the,
1: the work, the work, and the, the the you mentioned putting your body on the line stuff there, Mike. The work and the risks and the the, the 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 I thought that you you can look at the whole of that Croatia performance. You can see strengths and weaknesses in it. They have a really poor first half, yeah. but they are playing on a ragged edge all the way through the game. Yeah. Even when they're in control of the game, they're on a ragged edge. I
2: think I it's think a really interesting. I, th- I think they're an the interesting team to watch in that sense as well. Um, well, what impressed me about them, and aside from, from Degsy, um, is that ultimately they didn't tire because they kept the ball, and England tired because they couldn't keep the ball, and they were chasing it, and they were chipping balls and losing And they never it. panicked either, mate. Like, no, that's it. Panicked. You
3: never know. panicked. What what, I think you saw there what England lack, and I know Ensen had a good tournament, but in Modric and Rakitic, you had two operators in the midfield that yeah. knew exactly what they were doing, and you can see why they, but they're each playing for the two biggest... Two biggest clubs in European
2: football. Yeah. And, and you know, I think we're going to go on to this, but it makes for a fascinating final because, um, you know, the, the contrast of styles, what each team want to do as a preferred way of playing uh, and, the contra- Maldo, and, the, and the contrast in well. that.
1: On that, Joel, the final to me is fascinating in that it, I think the word fascinating is, is a word that might be used about it in that I don't think it'll necessarily be a thriller. Mm-hmm. It may not be a classic. I think it could actually be quite turgid, but it'll be tense, I think. And I don't see any journey towards either side winning by more than one goal unless there's a late breakaway. I think it's going to be a really, really intense game of football on Sunday.
0: It's going to be a really interesting tactical game. Um you're right there. I think it's going to be one goal we will separate it. You know what? I would not be surprised if we go all the way. Goes full hundred and twenty. It'd be quite nice if the two managers met before the game and go, you know what? Well, should we just go against all our principles and just just play out a mad game to do do the tournaments? They're not yeah. going to do that, though. are Then after a I don't think it's in day, nature. What games are we just had it where
3: you agreed to split it or split the pot and then someone just does it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'd, like, it'd be like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It really would be like
3: that. One thing I find curious about the game, um, going back to Croatia's game intelligence, is the first 10-15 minutes, because I think the, the, the kind of plays they've got there, they can suss out what the opposition are doing quite quickly. So you look at the first half, even mm. the second half, where the centre-mid's just splitting and more or less playing on the touchline, mm. which left a huge void for England. So you look at how France set up, and they haven't. They, apart from the one game when they really cut loose against Argentina, they've also been quite cautious and sterile. And, you know, the... Not wanting to give anything away, so basically, I suppose what I'm saying is, I think the longer the game goes on, the more I actually fancy Croatia mm. because all the kind of all the pressure will be on France because they will be favourites because mm-hmm. you look at the quality they've got through it, and I just think any anyway, which team's better at taking an edge. Mm. And I think it, it's it's
2: Croatia. I and mean, I think I think that I, I agree with what Andy's saying there. I think France's best chance of, of winning the game is is to try and exploit their attacking talents um, early on and, and and have as much of the ball near the Croatia goal as possible. Because you know if you get Mbappe on the ball and he, whether it's back to goal, front, you know face goal, I and mean, he's he's capable of special things. They've got other other good attacking players in the lineup, and <clears throat> I think what's Fascinating though is that we're we're talking about the fact that it could be cagey. We're talking about the fact that it could be one goal. Joel's saying that it could go to extra time and penalties potentially, um, but the odds on the game are mad. And um, because Croatia are four to one against to win in ninety minutes. Now that's to me. I, I I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking about just having a bet on the final. And I was thinking I'd expect Croatia to be something like five to two against or three to one, and they're four to one. So that, that to me is a value bet because the 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 longer odds than I think so, and. I think I genuinely think they've got a chance at that, and I think, given what I said before about the fact that you know they, they they survived the England match despite the extra times that it that is like three long games they've had now, and their best chance is in ninety. I think that the three intense games. The thing I'd
1: say, Mike, is it seems to me some games of football. I think they're I think more games of football than we give them credit for are second goal games. You expect the side that scores the second goal in the game to go on and triumph. This to Mm -hmm. me feels like a first goal game. You really do think that if if one of these sides does get themselves ahead and and to be fair to Croatia, they've pulled themselves back in every game, every knockout game in this tournament. Mm -hmm. But you do think having seen what France did to Belgium, how unbelievably frustrating they can be, how they, they can keep the match at arm's length. Yeah. You do sort of think that for Croatia to succeed, they will need to score the first goal in the game, and the same for France, though.
2: Yeah, no, well, I, I actually think that you know, that if France are legitimate favourites, and I think they are because of personnel um, and, and and minutes played, if you like, that that's, um, that you can see, you can sort of see France coming back if they concede. Um, whereas, I think if I think if France go ahead, I think it, it, I think it's hard. I think it's hard for Croatia to get back see, into it. See,
3: I I just agree on that because. Purely because of what happened the other day against England, you, you build up. You're, you're in that Croatia side and going back to it. You've been told you're going to be tired. You've been told you don't got the quality, this, that, and the other. And the mental strength to do what they did when they've gone when they've conceded in the first five minutes.
2: Mm.
3: It would have been so easy for them to go. Feel sorry for themselves. I, I think I don't know whether they, they, they never, felt
2: well. Whether they felt sorry for they themselves, they didn't panic. They didn't panic. But, they they didn't didn't, panic. but, but England could have, couldn't, should probably have, have scored a second goal. But they and, didn't. And put them so No, they didn't. And 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 what, what crazy, did very well from that point onwards. was capitalized really on the fact that England were, were, were quite um, lax really in front of goal. I think.
0: Uh, what I, you wouldn't be surprised to see though is. France spending a lot of their game trying to get the space exploit the space from Mbappe and Croatia turning all their attentions to making sure that doesn't happen and that being the game plan for both sides and then the, goal, the winning goal being across into Giroud and Giroud finally getting his goal finally getting a shot on target for the first time in the tournament but um, going back <laughs> Needle. to Needle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. him
2: to, to his, his to be of Degsy proportions
0: I was
2: going to mention Sander some
0: post-match <laughs> Showed him go on he's good looking lad it's okay um, going back to your points you were just making uh Croatia have played three games out of 120 minutes and got three of the moles they've they, they've done this because they're not playing a World Cup fan before but they played this game before they're ready they're right for the long and, and so on and I think and I think that's what could work in their favour to be honest if it does go to 120.
1: Um, Liverpool play over the weekend and I want to talk about Danny Ward I don't want to talk about uh, Liverpool's other two goalkeeping options one of whom may well play on Saturday as well uh, in Simon Mignolet uh, in the third fourth place playoff uh, I want to talk I want to focus on Ward. It's obviously in a context, but there's talk he may well get an opportunity now. I'd like to think if I'm Danny Ward, Andy, I've absolutely bounced into pre-season. I've gone, this is the, this is a career-defining pre-season for me. The talk is that he's he's demonstrated that, that he showed that. The talk can sometimes just be the talk, but it does appear that there is an opportunity for him. It could well be knocking at the door.
3: I don't buy it, you know, to be honest, Neil. I think, I think it's a bluff uh, with something else in mind to try and get someone else in. Um, I don't believe, look, I buy, I, I've been reading all this stuff about how oh, his attitude's improved, the, the physically, you know, he, he looks better. Let's not forget, he was at Huddersfield playing for Klopp's best mate and Klopp's best mate was raving about him and he still couldn't get one minute of football last season. Yeah. I just don't get it. And also, look, as well, there's also the argument that, oh, well, you know, what are we going to do about the, about the other two? Just because your competition for that spot aren't great doesn't mean that you're good enough this is my major problem yeah. this is my major issue with uh, it because if he was good enough or anywhere near good or anywhere near good enough he gets minutes last year when? no no let me, he, was, he, was, he was told last year do you remember you the get whole, the domestic coaching, cups yeah and he didn't.
1: Yeah, but and isn't there a thing? Well, well just well, well I was. I just want to do this properly. Come on. Doesn't the situation change in front of his eyes? So the theory was: Mignolet was going to get the league games. Carius was going to get the Champions League games, and Warder get the domestic cups because of the first domestic cup at the very first hurdle. We then move in. But what happens is, uh, around Christmas, the manager decides he's no longer going with Mignolet in the league, and he decides he's going to go with Carius in the league. At which point, he feels obliged and he's going to go with Mignolet in the two cup games. Well, Don't you I've, think that's I've, what happens? I've
2: got a slightly different take on things, but it, it relates to Andy's point really about not being convinced that this is this this new Danny Ward and that he's going to get an extended opportunity. I think that Klopp had the perfect opportunity to promote him, basically, when he decided at the point in the season where Mignolet was not going to be, be, be his preferred option um, and that Carrius was given the number one spot in both Champions League and the Premier League. I think that was his, op- his opportunity to promote Ward to the bench. So, Bob, um, so Bob Mignolet at that time, yeah, because that was that was his chance, and, and and you know, to be fair to Mignolet, whatever you think of him, you know, he should sort have of took that on the chin, sat on the bench, waited for a potential opportunity if if, if was to, to be injured or concussed. Um and. You know, he obviously didn't get that, um, but ultimately he sat for the best part of five months on the bench. He's, he's not, neither used nor ornament to or anyone, and it wouldn't have hurt at that point for Klopp to say, "Right, we're towards right," as a as recognition of the fact that you know you might have have a future opportunity, which we're talking about right now. Um, then potentially he could have been on the bench for all of that time, because you know whatever you think of him, he's not he's not incompetence, um, and a, 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 as a reserve keeper on the bench unlikely to be to be figuring in games then there was no there was no reason for him not to be there then
0: but he is experienced though and it's not that wild that mini was his number two and was and that Wards was never going to be on the bench for the whole last five let's say the last five months of the season because the only situation that you're bringing a keeper off the bench if the keeper's getting sent off or he's injured and that, that permits, it's gonna a, that's going to be a wild context of a game so it's better to have your experience keep surely better to have your experience yeah, keep I'm, on the bench I'm, I'm,
2: so, so in that case what that, that again is a, is a sort of a vote of no confidence in Danny Ward well, isn't it?
0: Possibly but whatever you say about Mignolet and his quality is not good enough and he plays football for Liverpool again and God help me God but his experience and that experience counts vital in the, con- only in the context of bringing your subkeeper on there's
1: a thing around Ward having, it's worth remembering we have seen some of Danny Ward as well within all of this Mike and one of the things that he sort of he's never struck me as you know it's not like when he's got opportunities to thought my word this lad's reinventing the position but to me, both uh, Huddersfield and the, the bit that we saw at the end of Aberdeen, what well, the way we've spoken about Aberdeen, the bit that we saw at the end of, of 2016, 15-16, I'll go to Andy next on this. To me, he's just looked like a like a relatively solid goalkeeper. And that Liverpool may well, the management may well, you know, allowing, let's just allow for the fact that the lad bounced into pre-season and nothing else. Let's just allow for the fact that he's bounced into pre-season. Liverpool may well now be thinking, you know what, a lad who could just come and be a 7 out of 10 keeper for a while might be no bad thing.
3: Well... It's almost like the anti Henderson thing. And I, 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 we, we talk about this on the gutter. So the response with Henderson is, oh, well, if he wasn't that good, how come this man, ex manager picks him and ex manager picks him and ex manager? What are they seen in training? Mm. So what are they seeing in training with Danny Ward for him not to, for him not to get in? What's, what's he not doing in training? And, and the other, the other side of it is, and this may be a little bit harsh because the, the first team football situation, but he can't get in that Wales side. And Wayne Hennessy is, I don't I don't want to go I don't like I don't like second players but Wayne Hennessy's not a great goalkeeper if he's championship standard he's lucky and if he can't get past that then I think
1: the. it is the Anfield wrap on Radio City Talk uh, thank you very much to listen for listening this week I hope you've had a really really good week and that you're looking forward to your weekend Liverpool-Berry you've got the third fourth place playoff and you've got the final and there's been some tennis on I believe but we'll go from there thanks a lot to Mike Nevin to Andy Heaton and to Joel uh, we'll be back very very soon